Yo, what is going on, world? This is the Meanders, and I'm you know with my boy Garrett. I'm Dino, and we got a special guest right here, my man, our man, Atlanta legend. We got our boy Dylan Matthews over there. <laughs> what's up? What's up, guys? Great to be on with y'all, and uh, happy to be a Meander today. How y'all doing? Man, yeah, we're chilling, man. Dude, we're super excited. Yeah, it is uh, mm, March 9th, 2021. It is a late night, man. We're probably going to go over here, 11.30 uh, p.m. But, yeah, let's, you know, let's start talking about some fucking basketball, huh? <clears throat> Sounds good. Last weekend, we yes, had sir. the uh, All-Star, you know, kind of whole shebang yeah, on Sunday. Night. Yeah, let's start off with the Skills Challenge. We had my man Sabonis winning the Skills Challenge. Another big man seemed like a uh, – current theme going on with the big man trend winning it uh year after year uh how y'all feel about Sabonis winning you know it just it's all about just performing under pressure you know and he's the past two years he's performed well under pressure you know he was the runner-up last year um he won it this year so you know making those that tight pass and hitting that three on the break you know it's it's all about just being a little clutch and being able to perform when the pressure's on so you know, hats off to him. I think a lot of people, myself included, thought, you know, CP3 or Luka Doncic was going to take it, but it was impressive. I did. I did as well. No, yeah, it's facts. And like you guys have been saying, I mean, we've been seeing a trend of big guys winning it. I think, who was it last year? It was Bam Adebayo that won it? Not last year, but the year before. Obviously, they didn't have it last year, but no, um, um, like, who was it? Bam? It was a big man. I'm, I'm, it was I a big man. I don't remember who it was. Yeah, Miles Turner or Bam, but yeah, big man trend. Yep, for sure. So, so yeah, I mean, like like you said, we, you got to be smooth with those passes. You got to be fluid too. You just got to be fluid, kind of the whole way through. Got to get yourself into a rhythm. Don't rush yourself. And really, whoever is able to make that tight pass, first second try, and then you hit that three first second try. Most of the time, whoever can do that, be smooth with it. They're gonna they're gonna end up being the winner. Um, yeah, that's facts. I mean, as like, um, I don't know if y'all heard what Kenny was saying um, when he was like commentating it over, but he, you know, a lot of the guards think that that pass is super easy. So they take it real, like, you know, real nonchalant, like it's nothing, like yep. it's an everyday pass. And like, that's something that like, it's, it's kind of difficult at points yeah. where you have to have a straight shot in that pass right there in that zone. And a lot of the guards kind of like, you know, definitely like CP3, someone who's like a point God, at this point and, and he's taking it and missing it yeah. and missing layups too like bro what you doing cp3 man it's two years <laughs> the fucking layup man what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> shit but i what do y'all think with the top of the key shots i you know it feels like mostly like centers really like taking that top of the key shot seems like a real high advantage for them you know you don't see really much guards really taking it top of the key other than like pure shooters like steph curry and dame we just walk it up and just take him. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, it's interesting to see. You know, it just shows how the game's evolving. Like, most bigs are comfortable taking that top of the key or corner shot for sure nowadays. Um, yeah, and really knock down. You know, I think it, uh, the players that are really good on the spot up might really benefit right there. You know, like players that don't take threes off the dribble, bigger guys, you know, those are uh, more natural shots, shots they practice more often. So, facts. Um, yeah, that's why, uh, yeah, they're they're more uh, casual and draining it, you know. And like you said, it's just all about being fluid. Like, they're just taking it easy, making sure they don't make mistakes and getting through the getting through it like it's a drill or something. 
in the pass, I always say that's the hardest part, not to ramble, but such a small margin for error. Like you get that pass a little bit off and then you can miss it three or four times. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's, you start- it's way easier than it looks or, yeah. So yeah, definitely interesting. And we're seeing the lineup of the skills challenge in itself, just being like a lot of bigger guys, you know? So that's, that's cool. It just shows how the game's evolving. Exactly. No. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love the fact that bigger guys are in it too. Like, you know, that like that used to be a really heavily, you know, guard driven competition. And now we're seeing big man in it. So it, it just it just it brings more fun into the all-star weekend and like that. So I love seeing that. And then like you were saying, just to touch on like the top of the key three, that I feel like bigs like that, the top of the key three and the corner three, just because of the corner three is obviously like the easiest three in the NBA yeah. just because of the distance. And the top of the key three, I feel like it's easy for big men because it's a straight on shot and you just have like, since they are taller, they have a little better, little bit better of a look at it. So I feel like that's why the big men love those two types of shots. They have, like you said, a better, more advantage and it comes a little more natural to them. No, exactly. I, I, that's, that was the point I was trying to take exactly, like where, yeah. you know, um, and many guards are also uh, shot creators themselves where they shoot off the dribble, not really, you know, spot mm-hmm. like spot shooting like that, per se, especially right. top of the key, uh, where they kind of creating their own shots and not just doing that. Um, but, yeah, moving forward, uh, we had the three-point contest. And, you know, who else but motherfucking <laughs> Seth Curry to win the three-point <laughs> contest? You know, he started hot. And finished hot. Um, but surprising underdog, Mike Conley, came in there, showed some real torch out there. Yeah. What's your take? You know, I think it's uh, Mike Conley's first time participating in the All-Star Weekend, so that was cool to see. Uh, he's definitely been ready. He's been preparing. I think um, he's just showing how good of a pro he is, you know, just being able to knock down just standstill jumpers consistently. Um, it was really impressive. You know, I didn't think Mike Conley was going to go that hard. Uh I definitely didn't think he was going to get through the first round. So um, that was cool. And to Steph Curry winning, you know, congrats to him. Probably the greatest shooter of all time. So, you know, generation. Just a, a testament to his greatness. Just a goat uh, uh, shooting the ball for sure. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm happy for Mike Conley. It, it just, people, I feel like people know Mike Conley is out there and know he's, he's you know, good. But I don't think I think a lot of people who are asleep on Mike Conley didn't know he's like as good as he really is. I feel like he's one of the most underrated point guards in the NBA. There is Mike Conley is a really good point guard, really good, just solid NBA player and solid person, too, overall. So it was good to see him shine a little bit. All star weekend kind of get, you know, his name out there a little bit more nationally and kind of, you know, just get the credit he deserves in of course, Chef Curry, you know, he came out and did what he had to do and just did Steph Curry things. And I mean, is it, you know, do you guys think like, is it, is it safe to say that his three point shot might have gotten better? Like, is that, is that even any, po- is that possible? Like, has his three point shot gotten better? Dude, you're telling me you saw some of those shots. There's, dude, the net didn't even fucking move, bro. It's come to a point where it's muscle memory, a green fucking light. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I hate to keep on alliterating the word fucking, but dude, that's what <laughs> Steph Curry does to me, man. It's just like, holy shit. Like, holy fuck. Yeah. Like this man is probably, you saw him in the all-star game. He literally, he, he can literally know at the moment that shit is off his hands, dude. That shit is. Yeah. In, in, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, he can do whatever he can do, but he, uh, greatest shooter of all time. I mean, seriously. 
Uh, but like you were saying, Dylan, man, Mike Conley, I think he's very under, uh, underappreciated. Uh, it's been a very long career with him without an all-star, you know, and, you know, it, this is kind of a cheat way for him to get in the all-star, in my opinion. I really wish that he got yeah. the votes alone and pure like stats and, and his repertoire really getting them to the all-star rather than some injuries and some, you know, inside voices probably leading it to Mike Conley. Uh, but no, he definitely deserved it. Um, and he, he, you know, at, he didn't really show himself in the all-star game, uh, but three point contest, he really got the shine, I think. And to go toe to toe with Steph Curry and have Steph Curry come in and the most Steph Curry way to finish off the three point contest. Uh, I think that's pretty impressive for Mike Conley. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, yeah. Just an impressive adding for Mike Conley. It was a great three-point contest. Had a great, a great lineup. You know, a lot of, a lot of guys who had a good chance of winning. Um, but yeah, it was exciting to see. You know, and the Steph Curry doing Steph Curry things. You know, it's he does only seem to get better. You know, can't really say he's getting worse. Um, he's just getting better. I mean, his his stats this season Dude. replicate his MVP season pretty much. <laughs> Dude. He's just playing great. I mean, I don't know if he'll get it this season because there's a lot of other good contenders, but, I mean, can't say enough about the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my last quick take on the three-point contest uh, specifically, I think it was a good shot in the arm. I know probably mostly ratings are going to be down for All-Star Weekend and the All-Star Game in general. I mean, they might not be down. I don't know. But I just – I had a vibe that they've been down just because, like, what I saw on Twitter and kind of – Word of mouth, I feel like a lot of people didn't watch it this year um, just because, you know, the, you know, COVID, no fans and, you know, things like that. But I feel like for the three-point contest specifically, it was a good shot in the arm. And, you know, as with everything going on, all things considered, the fact that, you know, one of the faces of the league, Steph Curry, was in there and he performed well. He didn't go out in the first round and he actually won the whole thing. I think that's actually good for the three-point three-point contest going forward. Um, because even though, you know, it might not have got the best, no- did the best numbers TV wise this year, you know, the next couple of years, hopefully if the stars keep going out and winning and stuff like that, because ultimately that's what the people want to see. They want to see the Steph Curry's, the Damian Lillard's, you know, may- even the Mike Connelly's, they want to see them go out there and perform and win the three-point contest, skills competition, dunk contest. They want to see the best of the best out there and they want to see one. That's why people have been won LeBron in the dunk contest. You know, they want to see the best people out there doing their thing. Yeah, so I think for the three-point contest specifically, it was a good shot and arm for them. No, facts. And, you know, that's totally facts. Um, and that kind of lead me on, uh, leads me on to my next question with, like, how the ratings have been going tanking with, you know, certain things going on with COVID, say, with no fans, say, without, like, uh, top players playing, say. Uh, but really – what do y'all think about the dunk contest? Because, in my opinion, dunk contest was kind of poo-poo. Uh, I don't know if y'all's take on it. But it kind of leads me to a, a point where we see so many great dunkers that are in the NBA. So do you think during mm-hmm. the dunk contest we should have uh, – what, what, what do you think? NBA players versus non-NBA players in a dunk contest? Or maybe just mm. throw dunkers in general, uh, dunking for you know in front of like NBA judges, like NBA players that are judges. What what would be more interesting? Because I think that this is by far one of the worst dunk contests in uh, my career of watching basketball. 
Yeah. No, I agree. Oh, oh. So yeah, no, I agree. Like this, this dunk contest. Like we saw the dunk contest kind of get revived with you know the Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine oh dunk contest. God. I think it was like what was that? 2016. Yeah, 2016. Best dunk contest of all time, bro. And if you notice, exactly. they didn't miss. All, they didn't miss the dunks. No, they take, didn't miss the dunks. Take dunks. And, and those are the best type of dunk contests. When they're good dunks, they get them on the first try. So, you know, we saw a revival of the dunk contest um, in 2016 because kind of before then it was kind of on the poo-poo trail, like you were saying. Um, <laughs> and they kind of reverted right back to that. So I think the dunk contest does need something fresh. It needs something new or it needs more star power because if it's not going to have star power, then you got to incorporate something creative, something fresh, something new. Like you were saying, I actually love that idea of getting – you know, if the guys don't want to do it, which this year is understandable why they want to do yeah. it with COVID, and they, you know, there's, there's just so many reasons for them not to want to do the dunk contest this year. If that's the case, then, you know, give guys big breaks. You know, like you said, take pro dunkers from, you know, just off the street or guys who go viral on the internet or viral on right. YouTube who, like, we see all, all the time doing crazy dunks. Bring Jordan, them in. in. <laughs> there you go. Bring, <laughs> bring those guys in. Let them do dunks and let LeBron or, you know, Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, let those guys judge it. And then I think you have something a little more, a little more creative, a little more fun and something that people might actually get behind. And might be like, you know what? This is new. This is different. This is fresh. Instead of a dunk contest, I know it's going to be boring. This is something I might actually sit down and watch and I can get behind. So, yeah, I think that's a really good idea. If the, if the NBA players are not going to want to participate from now on and if that's kind of the trend we're going in then you got to do something else and i think that's actually a really good idea that you suggested well i appreciate it all right <laughs> i think that we need a new refresher because i think at the same time these and uh whoever they invited to judge these dunk contests i know that it was this year it was all past previous uh you know whatever you want to call it dunk you know champions but right how the fuck did anthony simons win <laughs> if they're going to give them multiple attempts to, you know, to dunk, right? Why are you going to penalize them if they don't get it on the first try? Because uh, right. Kobe Toppins exactly. are amazing, but they, you know, obviously had to penalize them for, you know, having to do it twice for two of his dunks. I thought his first mm -hmm. dunk attempt was probably the best dunk of the entire night. And it was so underrated. And no one really talks about that dunk. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, it goes along with everything. We need a refresher, at least for the dunk contest, because, like, what the hell are we watching right now? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a mess, you know. Definitely not a very exciting dunk contest this year in multiple aspects, you know, bad lineup, you know, just a couple guys, only probably one guy that uh, most people had even heard of. What was that? Um, only had two dunks this season. What the hell? Yeah, just just weak altogether. Definitely needs some kind of <laughs> revitalization. Uh, some star power could definitely do that. You know, the best dunk contests are the ones with the exciting young players in them. Um, but at the same time, they have to be known young players. You know, they have to be, I don't know. There definitely has to be some sort of revival here soon. I guess we'll see how the league handles it. Um, see if they can get it back on track. It's definitely going downhill. Mm -hmm. Dylan, any uh, two cents before we move on? That one by up. <laughs> yeah, 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 real quick. Yeah, that one by um, who's it? Was it Cassius Stanley? Is that his name? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the other guy was guy? Yeah. yeah, the Pacers guy. Yeah, mm -hmm. Cassius yeah, Stanley. Cassius Stanley. That, yeah, 
was that his first dunk that he went between the legs and he went under the leg he jumped off of? Yeah, that dunk was un- that, that was dunk clean. was underrated, underrated too. Yeah. That, that was like that dunk was underrated too. Yeah. Obi Obi had it. He bounced it, bro, and then like jumped up, bro. Caught that shit and then reversed. That shit was too clean. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, that was yeah, tough, yeah. dude. That was tough. I can't even do that shit on a nerf hoop, <laughs> bro. But yeah, um, so moving on to the main event tonight uh, or on Sunday, the All Star Game: Team LeBron versus Team Durant. Team LeBron wins. Um, Giannis, MVP, went 16 for 16, three for three on the three. Do you think he deserved the MVP over Steph Curry? Um, I think yes, probably. You know, Giannis played a great game. He showed that he has a little bit of range. He wasn't afraid to take those shots and mess up his perfect game because um, he had that going early. Um, yeah, and it was good to see, you know, like to see – cool to see Giannis get some recognition you know not that he hasn't won a couple MVPs and all that but um <laughs> you know he really he really showed how good of a player he is uh on that uh you know on that field so it was it was cool you know they can't just give it to Steph Curry because he's the best shooter I mean I he, he had the most the entertaining game. night in my he did opinion. have the most and entertaining night can we can we say that the all-star is not all about entertainment it's not all about entertainment but at <laughs> They can't just step away from not giving the best. He had a great player. stat line himself. I think he had like 34 points. No, he did. I mean, he balled out, you know. Yeah. Team LeBron just balled out, honestly. Yeah. No, they did. Star studded. Saw my boys <laughs> on Team Durant ball. So that was tough. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. Yeah, team, team LeBron did their thing. I mean, Steph did his thing. Um, Giannis, you know, did what he had to do. And then, I mean, Dame calling game with that, I mean, with that long, long, almost half court um, three. So, I mean, it, it was just a good showing by Team LeBron. But, yeah, I mean, Giannis, we, you know, you go perfect in an all-star game. And then, like you said, in, in the game where he was taking threes and not scared of the range, um, you know, I think it was well-deserved because, you know, anytime a guy goes 16 for 16 from the field in an all-star game when they're taking you a little bit more – wilder and crazy shots you know you, you got to give him some credit for that but Steph Curry could easily got it too both of them were deserving so I mean at the end of the day I guess it came down to a vote so you know they were both equally deserving but I'm not mad at Giannis getting it at all they both they both deserved it oh yeah that's for sure um I can't I can't you know I can't lie Giannis did his thing you know, you know even if 10 of his you know shots were really just dunks um you did this thing, man. Bro. The three was kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. When he shot that no last way. three, <laughs> and that one was a bank, bro. I was like, "Ain't no way, dude." Yeah. <laughs> He's the hand of God right now. He's been blessed for by real. the basketball gods. Like, half <laughs> court shots right now. He needs a heat check, but you know, we never got one. <laughs> um, you know, next question though, I have. Um, do you think that Team Durant would have been better uh, having Embiid, Ben Simmons, and KD? on the you know lineup probably a little bit you know <laughs> not Ben Simmons <laughs> but um no yeah they would have been better for sure uh just having KD you know in a game like the all-star game having you know a player like KD definitely couldn't hurt so yeah I think I actually I think they would have they probably could have easily gave um team LeBron to run for their money winning because I think I mean think about this like you have Ben Simmons yeah he's not gonna shoot I mean he might have shot a little bit in the all-star game 
But this is also a game where they obviously play no defense. And I mean, they don't they don't care in which they shouldn't be playing two bar defense either. We don't want to see an injury. Um, and Ben Simmons like to likes to go to the rim. I mean, when he gets to the rim, though, nobody's going to stop Ben Simmons and they're not going to get in his way. So he could have got some easy points. Joel Embiid would probably have been jacking up a lot of threes. I mean, he can make them. So he would have supplied some points there. And obviously, KD is KD. He would have went off. So they 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 could have I could I could make the case for them winning if all three were there. Um, but it still would have been a good game. But I think Team Durant could have easily won if they had if they had those three guys. Ooh, easily won, uh, you know. <laughs> Not easily, but yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll be a lot closer. On pad, they were doing their thing. They were, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, you know, I was a big fan of that team. I can't lie. When I saw that draft, I was like, damn, for sure. That's that's what y'all did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, LeBron ends up being four zero now as a team captain for the All Star game. Uh, if he will continue next year, we will see. Uh, <laughs> but uh, moving on, wrapping up the All-Star game, going into the season. The season uh, kicks back up tomorrow. But, you know, a little movement happened around this uh, All-Star weekend with my man Blake Griffin. Where'd he went? The Brooklyn Nets. What's y'all's take? Um, KD to the er- – BG to the Nets, you know, it's it's definitely interesting. Um, Lincoln back up with DeAndre Jordan. Mm-hmm. That Nets team obviously is hyper-talented. might be the most talented roster in the league just because of the the star power they've got. Um, not that Blake Griffin is adding to that based on this season's performance, but um, I definitely think we could see a little bit of a a little bit of a resurgence there for him. You know, he might have been holding back a little bit in in Det- or Detroit where the team wasn't great. That's what I was thinking, you know. um, He just really might have not seen a future there. So I think they're going to be moving or working with him out of this as the six-man role, just like from what I've read. I don't know if this is confirmed or anything. But, uh, yeah, it should be – it's definitely a good move for the Nets. You know, I think Blake Griffin will will do Blake Griffin things. He might actually dunk the ball a little bit now. (laughs) Might try to. Um, Yeah, and – not a, definitely not a bad player, you know. I don't think anyone's going to argue that Blake Griffin's a bad player. You know, he just uh, hasn't been performing. So we'll see if uh, being on a, a good team can can spark something up for him. Right. I think Blake Griffin realizing now that he has a chance to revitalize his career because, honestly, like, he, he was in a place where he was – he could have easily been forgot about and kind of was forgotten about in a place like Detroit where they weren't winning – he wasn't doing anything. We weren't seeing him on the highlight reels like we were in L.A. We weren't, you know, on Blake Griffin dunk watch like we were back in the day in L.A. on Sports Center, like watching him see what dunk he did every night on somebody. Um, but now that he's in Brooklyn, um, well, I, I think he'll honestly he'll get some more dunks. He'll get some more opportunities to dunks. And then he's going to add some much needed depth to this Brooklyn Nets team. Um, when they made that trade for James Harden, they lost a lot of their depth. Obviously, they were already down Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, they lost Karis LeVert. They lost some other pieces as well, too. So m- adding much-needed depth um, to this Brooklyn Nets team, Blake Griffin is. And this is a guy not not only is going to, you know, be a presence in the paint, ducking the ball, but he's going to be able to stretch the floor. He's going to be able to shoot some threes. He's going to be able to bring that mid-range game because, you know, he's added that to his game now. So I and then obviously him and DeAndre Jordan have that chemistry. So I think with him realizing he's going to be able to have a chance to win a championship, that's going to spark him. He's going to be more energized there. He's going to be at at the top of his game. I think I think we're going to see a lot of out of 
out of Blake Griffin in uh, Brooklyn, and he's 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 going to do some things. And I think he's going to catch us off guard a little bit. Like, oh, Blake Griffin still got some juice left in the tank, and I think he's going to show us that you know he ain't done yet. That's what I'm fucking hoping for. All right, see, <laughs> let me tell y'all my conspiracy. All right, what if Blake Griffin's right move to the Pistons? Right, obviously it was a trade. It was not mm-hmm. his his you know his desire. Right, he right. used this. This is this time, right? Like in some Dragon Ball Z incubator shit, right? Where he's in there <laughs> training low key in the hybrid chamber, yeah. right? He's sitting there. He's he's stopped dunking. He stopped doing these highlight reels because he wants to save the wear and tear on his legs. All right, maybe these injuries are you know are as serious as some people think. Maybe they're just you know kind of just minor bruises and bumps here that he just wants to just straighten out, right? So he can tweak up. He's, he's getting out of his prime, right? But he's adding the craft now. He's adding the three-point shot. He's adding the playmaking, right? Doing all this while under the radar team of the Pistons, right? Under the radar. He's away from the highlights, away from the lowlights, away from the noise. Now, on a super team like Brooklyn, he's able to come out, show out. And he's <laughs> added this craft, added this game to him that now he can – you know, maybe collect another contract after this championship year with the Brooklyn Nets and become another, like, an all-star again. Maybe this is not the, the decline of Blake Griffin we're seeing. Maybe this is just a uh, a plateau. He just chilled here for a second, and now he's ready to go back up. <laughs> it's it's definitely – it's an interesting theory for sure. I mean, I, I can't necessarily say you're wrong. I mean – like you said, we didn't see a lot of highlight real stuff out of Blake Griffin. So, you know, is maybe he was like load managing without really load managing in Detroit. Maybe he's like, you know, I'm going to kind of coast here and I try to do too much work on more of my finesse game right. than my power game. And, you know, like like you said, save my legs and things like that. So, you know, I'm not. It's it's not it's not I it's not that far it's not that far of a reach. It's not hey, far I mean, out there to say that you know Blake Griffin wasn't chilling in Detroit. You know, that Lob City really did a lot. He was doing a, a lot of jumping when he was mm-hmm. in L.A., all right? That's that's a lot of, a lot of yeah, up and down, a lot of strain on those calves, on those uh, knees uh, especially. Um, so I, I think that, you know, he, he went over there, crafted a three-point shot really quick, you know. It was just his time just to, you know, be out of that uh, highlight area like L.A., and now he's back in the highlight. We might see another all-star Blake Griffin emergence, which is what I'm hoping for myself as, as a person who was a fan of Lob City, who was a fan of Blake Griffin dunking all over those bigs, man. Just, just nuts in the face, maws go off. Like, boy, come on. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. I hope we see at least one poster before the end of Blake's career. Let me tell you that. I have to say that I'm not as keen on Blake's return <laughs> as you guys are, um, this is coming from somebody who picked him up in fantasy as soon as he got bought out by the Pistons because I, I think he's going to play good wherever he goes. I don't think that's an issue, but I don't. I wouldn't go as far to say he's going to return to all-stardom. I think you guys are forgetting that he had a, a very nice season in Detroit, probably the best season of his career yeah. after going to Detroit. Um, he averaged 25 mm, okay, yeah. and 7 and 6. Um, mm-hmm. And then the decline is real after that. You know, he got the injuries. He hasn't shot over 40% since. I mean, that's from the field. That's a guy who made his living in the paint, you know. Um, 
and his three-point shots bit you know it's it's solid you know it's improved a lot you know but it had improved three seasons ago you know it was it's it's pretty stagnant where it's been uh recently you know and I, I think he's gonna play good ball I think he wasn't playing to the top of his performance in a uh in Detroit whether it be just because they didn't believe in him or because he didn't want to put, give his all to a team that wasn't going to win you know I think just being around that winning energy is really going to help it, you know we saw how mm-hmm. Kelly Oubre started playing as soon as he got to uh Golden State mm-hmm. and stuff like that you know just being on a good team can really can really help a guy flourish but I wouldn't go as far to say like, return to all stardom you know we just we're gonna have to wait <laughs> and see on that yeah, um, I don't know if he's even going to get more than like 20 minutes a game. So I'm saying his, his role might be limited, really, being on that mm. super team. Yeah, but it's it's very good pickup for Brooklyn for sure. Can't uh, can't discredit that front office. They've done a great job. Great addition. Yeah, I mean, you you're able to throw out a lineup. Essentially, you could uh, you could have Ky- uh, you will have Kyrie, K- uh, Kyrie, James Harden, KD, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan all on the court at one time i mean that's a sick lineup and that's probably the lineup they'll use to end games i would think unless you know somebody else like a like a, um uh what's that news landry shaman or somebody like somebody you know like that had just right. is having a crazy game and, yeah and they're yeah they having like yeah. a they, they have the hot hand if they're having a really good game you know that's probably going to be the lineup to end some games so um yeah i would i would imagine though 20 20 minutes per is probably um on part of what he's going to get but yeah i mean there's definitely no guarantee Blake Griffin is going to be good or bad in uh, in Brooklyn, so we'll have to wait and see. But you know, I, I, it's, it's the main thing for Brooklyn is it's a depth piece and it's somebody who we know definitely has a high ceiling and his floor is pretty high as well. So Blake Griffin is not going to be cheeks. I don't think he'll be cheeks in in Brooklyn. I, you know, he'll he'll at least be he'll at least be fairly good. Um, so yeah, it, it's the main thing is a good depth piece for for Brooklyn. Yeah, I think uh, without a doubt, the Brooklyn Nets got a lot better overnight in picking up Blake Griffin. So, oh know. yeah, man, I'm excited to watch this, man. I'm excited. It's gonna for, be exciting, for, yeah, sure. Blake Griffin to be on there. The Nets, man, that is exciting basketball. Um, Any Nets game, dude. Mm. It, this season has been incredible. Let me tell you that we've been watching some top tier basketball. I cannot lie to you. It has been tremendous what we're seeing. Some people are playing out of their mind. Dame, Steph, Giannis, LeBron, just name a few, you know, Jokic, Embiid. I mean, I can stop there. Bradley the list goes Beal. on, though. Bradley fucking Beal. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's talk about another guy, uh, another big, too. Just recently found out, Andre Drummond, about to get a buyout from the Cavs. Um, and he's interested in what, Lakers? It was originally the Nets, right? But now they have Blake Griffin. Looking like the, the Lakers are front runners for this man. Uh, what do y'all think? If Andre Drummond goes to the Lakers, does that put the Lakers over the top as the favorites for this title? Uh, puts them. It definitely puts them right up there. You know. Uh, yeah, adding a guy like Andre Drummond to that already great roster, and Andre Drummond. I mean, can't say enough about what he does for a team. Just securing those rebounds, getting those points in the paint, playing good paint defense, um, you know, a huge addition. So, and that's a team that's really kind of lacked, you know, a dominant big man. I mean, Anthony Davis, of course, but, you know, he's been out in and out and uh, definitely could help him win some games in the regular season. And definitely, uh, does it make them a top contender? I think, you know, they already are. 
And I think <laughs> even with the net, all the Nets additions, you know, the King is probably still, I mean, can't bet against the King at this point. If Anthony Davis is going to be healthy come playoff time, and I think we could probably count on that. They're going to be safe bringing him back. They just want him to be healthy. Yeah, they're uh, for a lot for the matters, playoffs already. So. That's facts. Yeah, if if the Los Angeles Lakers get Andre Drummond, then I cannot wait to watch uh, Los Angeles Lakers and Brooklyn Nets NBA Finals because if that happens, I think that's pretty cemented to where we're going towards. Because you know, as of right now, I think I would, if I had to bet, and I'm and I usually don't bet on sports just because I don't like to bet on stuff I can't control. But if I had to bet. I would bet the Lakers would still make the NBA Finals, even without Andre Drummond. You know, maybe a team like the Clippers, um, maybe the Nuggets, but I don't even really see the Nuggets beating them. They had their shot last year. The Clippers maybe could take down the Lakers in a Western Conference Final. That's the only team I could see that, you know, has the best, a, a fair shot, a fighter's chance to take down the Los Angeles Lakers. But if they secure Andre Drummond, I mean, it's almost set in stone. I mean, as long as the Brooklyn Nets take care of business in the East, which I think they will, and the Los Angeles Lakers, I think, would take care of Venice in the West. I mean, that would be an NBA Finals for the ages. I mean, can you think about the straight-up star power? It would be crazy. You at, at, one, at, at one time, you could have LeBron, KD, Kyrie, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Anthony Davis. I mean, you have all these guys on the court at once. James Harden. No, I, it's, this would be I mean, like... I'll be crazy. It'd be like a, <laughs> I was about to say it'd be a mini all-star game in the in a in a seven-game series in the finals. I mean, it would just be outrageous. So yeah, I hope, I hope this is a, a move for the Lakers that happens. Um, just so I can selfishly say that I, I want to see that NBA finals. Um, but yeah, so, but if 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 Drummond ends up going to the Lakers, then I think that creates a big, big, big matchup problem for the Brooklyn Nets down low. Now, I know KD will be a problem for the Lakers. I mean, KD is a problem for anybody. But I think ultimately, LeBron and KD would kind of offset each other. You know, LeBron's going to do his thing. KD is going to do his thing. The X factors become Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond. How, you know, dominant could they both be down there? And the fact is, you could have them on the court at the same time and then also you can you're probably going to at least have one of them on the court at all times if they do get Andre Drummond so for me that creates a lot of issues for the Brooklyn Nets who don't really have that much depth at the big man position anymore you got to think I think like Jeff Green is really their backup center right now Jeff Green That's backup serious. center seriously right playing the five Andre starting some time. Andre uh, yeah, Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis are eating that up. And honestly, they're doing pretty good going against uh, DeAndre Jordan as well because DeAndre Jordan is a pretty good defender, but, I mean, he's a little bit older. He's not really doing that much with um, Andre Drummond. And nonetheless, Anthony Davis, who could stretch him out and make him guard on the perimeter, which I don't think, you know, he that's not where DeAndre Jordan nah. thrives. He's more of a shot blocker being the paint toward the guy. So he could right. do better, a little bit better with Andre Drummond, but I still think, Andre Drummond would eat on DeAndre Jordan and Anthony Davis certainly would as well. So if they do land Andre Drummond creates a huge, huge matchup problem for the Brooklyn Nets down low. And if I think if the Lakers counter the Blake Griffin um, acquiring by the Nets with Andre Drummond, I think it's the Lakers championship to lose still, but it will be a very, very, very entertaining NBA finals though. Nonetheless, nonetheless, man, I dude, you couldn't have said it any better. Than I could. 
Or I think even fucking Garrett can, man. Mm -hmm. I I think we just got to end it like that, man. Like, what? Like, how do you do that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, moving off from trades um, and trade rumors and pickups and shit, uh, let's talk about (laughs) where we're at right now. You and me and him, where we're at right now, Atlanta. Um, Justin, Atlanta is selling single ticket uh, game uh, game tickets. Mm. How do you feel? Uh, it's good. I mean, it's good for the community. It's good for the team. Um, it, it's good for everybody. I mean, as long as they can pull this off and be safe with it, which, I mean, a lot of NBA teams have had fans in, uh, fans in the stands for a little while now. And, I mean, we haven't heard too much of an outbreak about it. I mean, there haven't been – you know, too bad of a rise of like COVID cases as far as, you know, just coming from the NBA circumstances go. So I think it's, it's a good move. They had um, fans in the stands, a lot a good number of fans in the stands um, that we're used to as of now um, for the Clipper game uh, way mm-hmm. back when, when they did, I think that was, that wasn't MLK game, but you know, when they did it in one of the unity nights, but anyways, so yeah, it's good for, it's good for the city of Atlanta. Um, it'll be a good, jolt for this Atlanta Hawks team who obviously got rid of their head coach and Lloyd Pierce. They got Nate McMillan. They need something to juice them up. They need something to do. They need a little bit of extra help right now. You know, obviously they're going to, they're getting some people back. They got Bogdan Bogdanovich back from injury. That's going to help. They'll hopefully get DeAndre Hunter back sooner rather than later. He's not going to have to get another little injection or whatever it was. Um, um, hopefully Cam Reddish won't be out too long. Um, He's going to be out at least two weeks. But, you know, slowly but surely, these guys are going to start to get healthy with fans in the stands to energize Trey, John, and the rest of the crew. They can start stringing some wins together. And they got some winnable games coming up here at the, you know, in the beginning of the second half of the season. They got Toronto. I forget, honestly, who they have after that. I think it's like um, the Rockets after that. Um, I can't remember all the rest of the games off the top of my head, but They got some winnable games coming up, and with fans in the stands to cheer them on, hopefully that just boosts their advantage even more to get a string string some wins together. Nah, that's facts. Uh, I like that you brought up the uh, coach of uh, Nate uh, McMillan coming in and coaching for y'all because since he came in, y'all are 2-0 right now, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Y'all looking good. Your boys are coming back. DeAndre Hunter's coming back, uh, who's been y'all's, you know, like child y'all been raising honestly he's been prospering you know finally he was expected to break out year had a nice uh not nice i'm a dickhead injury though in an injury that kind of prevented uh the breakout year that we were supposed to see from him but um do you feel like firing um lloyd was just like a scapegoat kind of method at this point i mean your front office did sign players like rajon rondo and danilo like and expected to go what like in the playoff berth at this moment. Uh, I mean, y'all did sign Bodon Bodanovich, but he was injured, so I do give you that credit. Um, but it's still the Hawks team that we saw from two years ago with Trey Young leading. John Collins is looking like he's about to leave with not getting the max contract deal, which I don't even think he's worth, but um, do, do you think this, this coaching change is really gonna? change much for the Hawks you know I think it's a it's a pretty good change you know I think 
they, they're moving in the right direction here. They got a, a really great defensive coach. You know, he's had good success in the NBA, had good success on multiple levels. Um, you know, and I think they just expect a little more. You know, I think the team is not really living up to expectations. Um, obviously, Gallinari hasn't been healthy, and I don't think Rondo really yeah. makes or breaks your team. But, uh, you know, I think with a good – with a new coach at the helm and changing maybe the culture in the locker room a little bit, maybe focus a little more on defense because the team has, I mean, all the offensive talent it needs uh, to win games in the league. So, yeah, I don't think it's – I don't think it's a bad move. I don't think it was a scapegoat move per se. I think, uh, you know, it was just time for a change. No, I completely agree with Garrett. I don't think it was necessarily a scapegoat move because of this main reason. Um, the stat has been floating around a, long, uh, a lot since um, Lloyd Pierce got fired. The Hawks, um, before he got fired, they had they, uh, 11 of their 20 losses um, because they, had, they were sitting at 20 losses when Coach Pierce got fired. 11 of their 20 losses, they had lead. They had a lead in the fourth quarter. That's coaching. Now, the injuries, you can't, you know, that's, that's hard. You can't predict injuries. So a part of those 20 losses were on, you know, the injuries for sure. You know, a lot of, you know, so you can credit a lot of these losses to injuries. But when you have, when 11 of your 20 losses are when you have fourth quarter leads, that's coaching because that means you're overcoming the injuries. That means you're not getting blown out. That means you're competitive and in games and have a lead in the fourth quarter. And at that point, you have to figure out a way to win those games. You have to figure out a way to seal those games they blew early on in the season they blew back-to-back 15-point leads to the um, New York Knicks and then to the Cleveland Cavaliers that's coaching to me so and then after coach Pierce got fired there were a lot of reports that he had lost the locker room um, that there was beef between him and Trey Young and that a lot of the players just weren't you know they basically he had just lost the locker room and when that kind of stuff happens and when that stuff gets out where there's smoke there's fire so I'm sure the locker room was kind of in a frenzy, Um, whether he had completely lost the locker room or not. I mean, we'll never truly know, but it seems like he did lose that locker room. And I mean, when that happens, you have to make a change. And I, and I mean, it seems like it's worked so far because even when coach Pierce was still there and when he was away for the birth of his child um, and he was gone for, he was gone for three games, Nate McMillan went two and one. So, I mean, overall he is um, four and one as the Hawks head coach. So, I mean, that kind of tells a little bit there. The Hawks perform a lot better when they're under Nate McMillan this season. I mean, that just is what it is. That's just a fact. So you can credit some of it to the injuries. Um, Danilo has been super inconsistent, and he missed some time at the beginning of the year, too. Bogdanovich, we haven't seen that much of him just because he's he's only played, I think, like 15 games so far um, because he just came back. Rondo has been in and out of the lineup. So, and we haven't seen Chris Dunn all year, who's supposed to help this defense a lot. And Onyeko Kongu has, he needs the G League. Uh, I mean, it just sucks that he doesn't have the G League because he has not been good um, this whole entire year. So you can credit to a lot of things, but at the end of the day, it comes down to coaching. The Hawks have been in too many positions to win. They should have a better record. They can still make the playoffs, which is why um, GM Travis Slank made this change because he knows the season is still salvageable. He knows that they can still accomplish the goals that they set out this season, which was to make the playoffs. And I'm sorry I'm rambling here, but my last point is that um, Lloyd Pierce 
Travis Link, Trey Young, they all said it before the before the season started. The goal is to make the playoffs. This playoffs are bust for them. And when you put that type of target on yourself and you put that type of expectation on yourself and things start shaking out the way that they were and you're 14 and 20, changes have to be made. And Lloyd Pierce was just the the one that had to be he, – he got the short end of the stick. No, I did your facts, man. And, like, bro, keep rambling, man, because everything <laughs> you're spitting out is straight facts. All yeah. right? Like, look, what I was saying – is just consensus of what's the overall layout of the Atlanta Hawks. I know that the Hawks fans have wanted Lloyd Pierce out for a, a quite some time now. Um, and, you know, under Nate McMillan, who, right, was the former Pacers coach, great defensive coach, mm-hmm. right? Right. Looks great. Great coach, man. Um, they're, you know, away 2-0. And honestly, if you look from the fourth seed of the East to the 11th, they're really only a few games away, like two or three mm-hmm. in between of each other. Um, some being one behind uh, 12th seed, the Wizards, along to my seventh seed, the Hornets, man. We're just two <laughs> games away, man. So, Dylan, I got to ask you, dude, out of the Hawks, Wizards, or Hornets, who do you see taking the top seed at the end of the season? Oh, I, I definitely still got to give it to the Hawks. When the Hawks get healthy and they have DeAndre Hunter, and I know I'm a little bit biased here. Um, I mean, LaMelo Ball has been playing great, and he's having a great rookie campaign. He'll probably end up winning rookie of the year, honestly. Um, and the Wizards, they're, I mean, they're starting to figure things out. They got hot um, for a little stretch there. It looks like Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook might be able to figure this thing out. So we'll see. It's definitely not going to be easy for the Hawks, but I think – once the Hawks get DeAndre Hunter back, because next to Clint Capella and John Collins, DeAndre Hunter has been the most consistent Hawk this season. That's better than Trey Young. You know, that's better than anybody else on the team. He has been the most consistent Hawk. He not only has turned into, he was already a great defender coming out of Virginia, um, but, and we just thought he'd be a three-point shooter, but he's creating his own shot. Like, we're running plays through him. We're running offense through him. He can, he can pull up. He can get to the rim. He can do a lot of different things now rather than just spot up and shoot a three-pointer. So DeAndre Hunter, I mean, he's made a huge leap from year one to year two. Once we get him back, that's going to be a big shot in the arm and really another go-to guy on offense for us. So really fully healthy. We'll have three like kind of go-to guys who can go get their own bucket. Obviously, Trey Young, Bogdanovich, and then we'll have DeAndre Hunter. And you, you add once Cam Reddish comes back, he'll be in the mix. Hopefully Danilo can get a consistent jump shot. He'll be able to knock some threes down. Tony Snell has done a good, good job knocking threes down. Solomon Hill, you know, he, he hasn't had flashy numbers, but, you know, he's been a pretty consistent three-point shooter for us as well. And then with Clint Capella averaging a double-double, John Collins averaging close to a double-double, close to being a, another 20-10 and 10 season for him. So, you know, once we get fully healthy – I think we'll be fine. It's just we have to get healthy and stay healthy. And it's just going to be a matter of, you know, can we get the guys back who are injured now? And can we make sure and hope and pray that nobody else gets injured? So if we get healthy at the right time and get hot at the right time, I think the Hawks can honestly still make a good, good run at this. And potentially, you know, a top five seed might be out of reach, even though the East is still pretty jumbled up. Um, but we can at least get top six, I think, if if, if all goes our way. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I sit there. All right. <laughs> yeah. What you thinking? Um, you know, 
I have to put the. I know this is a loaded question, but let's get let's hear it. At the top for the top seating for the end of the season. I've been thinking about it the whole time, and it's a tough call to make. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. Charlotte sitting in the best position at the moment. Um, I think that the Hornets will finish the season with the highest seed. I don't think any of these teams is cracking the top five at the end of the season. Um, mm-hmm. I think we might see them all make the playoffs, um, you know, at the bottom of the conference. It's hard to say today how things are going to end up. Um, and without me giving you a whole structure of what I think the conference is going to look like, I've just I've got Charlotte up top, I've got Washington behind them, and I've got the Hawks following. Um, main reason for Charlotte is just I think they're going to continue this momentum they have. Lamelo Ball's playing great; he's only going to get better as the season goes on. Um, really exciting ball out there, and the Hawks and the Wizards. You know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see going forward because the Hawks have been playing really good. Um, they've got a really talented team under Nate McMillan. I definitely think they're a playoff caliber team. But the Wizards, you know, I think we're happy as low seed. You know, if we if we even make the eighth seed, we'll be satisfied. Um, just because I think we've got a team that can beat, you know, we can beat talented rosters. Um, I don't know if we'll have it all figured out by then. I don't know if this momentum will continue. And if it, I'm hopeful that it does. Um, so that's that's why I have it lined up like that. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll see what happens. You know, I'm just uh, I'm excited for Charlotte. You know excited to see what they'll do yeah i mean they've got a good team they can beat anybody right now so i think we're really forgetting the wizards really do got bradley beal who is i don't know why not in the mvp conversation maybe the team because we're too bad yeah yeah Yeah, i'm about to say it's because the team sucks but if the wizards were but we have russell westbrook though too if the wizards were good we would have two people in the mvp conversation westbrook averaging 20 pretty much 10 and 10 20 9.7 9.8 um that's before the all-star break. And then Bradley Beal, obviously leading the league in scoring, hopefully gets that scoring title, brings it home this season. But uh, yeah, you know, if we didn't start so terribly, I don't think, I think we'd have a little more recognition right now, but you know, we've still got some heads to turn and some noise to make. But save that for another day. Yeah, we, once we've won 10 more games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's still a lot left in the season. Let me tell you that. And y'all made some great points. All right. Dylan, man, your points with, your team, how they're uh, coming back together. Uh, injuries are coming back, you know. Um, I actually saw an interesting uh, statistic earlier where I was saying in the limited time, at least with DeAndre Hunter, Trey Young, and John Collins all playing at the same time on the court, they are around plus 32 in plus mm-hmm. and minus. It's impressive. Which is super impressive. They look super scary when they're all together in the limited time. they play. I know it's a small sample size, but they do look good. Together, we do we can say that the Atlanta Hawks do have a playoff team for sure. I mean, right, right in this roster, they've got those they UBA guys on the roster exactly you know, good to go. And then, like I was saying, the Wizards do got Bradley Beal, they do got <laughs> Russell Westbrook, they do got a vet like Robin Lopez, who's teaching boys like uh, Mo Wagner and Robin, Lo- uh, not Robin Lopez, Roy Hachimara, how to play some defense down low, uh, which mm-hmm. they badly need. I know that you guys lost Thomas Bryant, but we have a reemergence of um. Uh, Bertans, who's finally playing pretty mm-hmm. well now, um, mm-hmm. you know. But let me just tell you about my boys, the Charlotte Hornets, uh, right here. Lamelo Ball, <laughs> rookie of the year. We can all say that right now. Terry Rozier, looking like a straight god, like a 
I'm gonna bow down to him like, <laughs> like, like, like Emma Walker right now. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Hayward looking like Utah Jazz, Gordon Hayward, straight killer. All right, Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, those boys are developing nice and well. All right, even Cody Zeller and Bismack Biyombo are looking great. All right, the Martin twins are looking great on defense. We they're very essential, even though no one really talks about them. I right, Malik Monk is getting into that out of that uh, you know point guard role, which he should have never been in. Honestly, they should have really never put him in point guard. I don't know why he's not a play playmaker, but you know, moving him finally on that two position, letting him shoot the ball finally. And he's looking great. That team, they're all their average age of the Charlotte Hornets is like 25, 26, dude. They're such a young team and they're looking this good already. And they look like they love each other, man. I mean, honestly, have you guys not seen that? I don't see that from the Helena Hawks. I don't see that from the damn Wizards, bro. Let me tell you this. <laughs> this locker room chemistry, in my opinion, is one of the most important things in any kind of team sport. Um, you really got to have that team chemistry and that love for your guys that really, I want to win this game for my guys. Not, I want to win this game or I want to get stats or, or I want to win a chip. Like you want to win these games because these are your boys and you hate to lose with your boys. That's what I kind of want to see. And that's what I see with the Charlotte Hornets this year. And that's why I put them at top and I'm seeing a hard stretch, but I see the Hornets making that top five push. But then mm. I really do see like Garrett was saying, the Wizards and the Atlanta Hawks still making the playoffs around the lower tier mm. seeds. I see the Hawks going seventh and then the uh, Wizards finally going eighth, but they make that push because we've seen them make that five game winning streak and beating top tier teams along the way. All right. Just to be stopped mm. by a Clippers team right afterwards. Honestly, let's be real. Um, that was hard to go by. Um, we got their back to back. Yeah. Before the all-star break. Exactly. Um, and, you know, we were, we're watching the Wizards actually beat top-tier teams, in my opinion. We're seeing the Atlanta Hawks, you know, reform themselves and becoming it um, that team that we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. And I think that we were all shocked by the Charlotte Hornets this season. So that's my fucking take on it. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. But, uh, no, I, I, no, I feel you, though. Um, no, I mean – Lamelo's playing great. I mean, you're right too about chemistry being important because, man, the Charlotte Hornets. The little I do see of them, man, they do look like they have fun out there on their court. I mean, when Melo, when Lamelo's throwing, you know, crazy alley oop passes to Miles Bridges and he's cocking it back and throwing a huge one hand jam down. I mean, it just looks like it's fun to watch. It looks like they're having fun out there. Like genuine, they do really love to play with each other, and that's super, super, super important. So. I definitely agree with your uh, point there. And then um, to Gareth's point, too, about the Wizards and your point, too, um, they have taken down good teams. I mean, they've taken down the Clippers. And it did the did the Wizards – I think they were close to beating the Lakers. I don't know if they beat the Lakers. No, but they beat they the Lakers. Close. Yeah, they, they beat, beat the Lakers. Lakers. Yeah, they beat the mm-hmm. Lakers. Yeah. So, I like – they they can take down uh, top-tier teams because they do have two MVP type of caliber players on their team. So, if they can string together some wins and, you know, just have consistency, a little more consistency on their team, they can make something shake. And like, you know, I said about the Hawks, if we get healthy, you know, who knows what we can do. So, you know, these teams and with the East being so jumbled up, any any of these teams go on like a five, six game winning streak, anything like that, who knows what could happen? They could find themselves in the top five. Heck, maybe even the top four before it's all said and done, with, depending on what type of winning streak they go on. So, I mean, with the East set up the way it is this year and it being so top-heavy and the 
middle being so jumbled, I mean, anything's possible. No, anything is possible, especially in the East where it's so jumbled up. I mean, we got the Knicks at the fourth seed right now. Who would have thought right. in the beginning of this year we New got York the Knicks, Knicks up there? <laughs> exactly, bro. Come on. Come on, man. Who, who would have thought that the Celtics would be crumbling? Like, they, I mean, they, they're, they're coming back, but they were, on a, they were down horrendous for a long mm-hmm. streak right before the All-Star break. Let's, I mean, let's get that right now and clear in the, uh, in the open, man. Uh, so I think that the East is anybody's game. Obviously, the top three, I think, is a lock with the Nets, the Bucks, and um, I don't even know. Oh, yeah, my the bad. the Sixers. Sixers. 76ers yeah. are up there. So, uh, but, yeah, dude, thank you so much, Dylan, man, for being on uh, the Meander with us. Yeah. It was a pleasure to have you, man. Um, before we end this podcast, I got to ask you a question before we leave. Yeah. Yes, man, sir. For it. I'm ready. How much money would it take for you to push your hand into your own poop? How much money would it take for me to push my hand? Is, my, is that all I have to do? Yep. Just smush it. Smush it. And I can, like, wash my hand right afterwards? Yeah. Huh. I do it for, like, I do it for, like, I do it honestly. Like, if someone wanted to, like, throw me a dub real quick, I do it for a dub. Like, I do it for, tw- <laughs> I do it for $20. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. I said I had to do it for at least a blue bill. <laughs> there ain't no way. Nah, I- <laughs> you know, cash talks, you know, I, I said 50 at first. Um, <laughs> but if there's cash in front, you know, and it's that quick of an action, you know, I mean. Might as well get that bag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> quick, quick little 20, man. You know how I'd be. Yeah, I'll take that, I'll take that gas money real quick. That's, <laughs> That's facts. facts, man. Just wash my hands afterwards. But, I mean, yeah. for me, it had to be just my mindset, my integrity of letting some dude pay me $20 to go and push my hand in some poop. No, that's a that's that's a fact. You do make a good point about that. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> you know, I just be yeah. like, damn, I really just took this money and I just pushed my hand in some poop for this man. For this man's that, enjoyment. That, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> but yeah, Dylan, man, it was great having you on the uh, podcast, man. I loved it. Loved it, man. Um, be sure if you're, you're listening or watching on YouTube to go follow my man, Dylan Matthews. Uh, you know, his YouTube will be under the description. And uh, it's just Dylan Matthews. Check him out. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, yes, pre- sir. appreciate you guys so much for having me on today, man. You guys got to great thing going and uh anybody listening and watching make sure you guys keep on listening and watching and rocking with them you know they got a great thing going here so i appreciate you guys having me on man big love appreciate course, that man. man yes sir yes sir yes sir well this is the meander you can follow us on instagram and twitter uh instagram at the me uh the official meander and twitter at official meander um this is meander man we're signing off Take it easy. Peace. See ya. Free <laughs> beats.io. Free beats.io.